So, Alex. So, Michael. You get to Austin very much? Not enough. If now, now you you like are in this uh, this tech reporter gig. Yeah. Now I gotta ask you: Do you ever manufacture reasons to go to places? All the time. Yeah. Yes. Is that how you ended up here? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I haven't been in Austin in a while. I, I love I, Austin. I think Austin. Oh, is what there's they call a relevant. Destination there's city. a relevant conference. Yeah, I need, let's, let's do that one. Yeah, yeah. No, but 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 in reality, we're here at ApacheCon, and this is a fertile ground for what it is you do nowadays. It it's is. Just like. You know, dead cats, rock throwing, whatever it is you're casting about, you're going to hit something. Yeah, definitely. Yep, yep. You know, cattle, whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, so so I, I think I got to know you back when you were at, at was it Tech? No, no. When you were at... Uh, Read Write Web. Read Write Web. That's right. You know, I was sending an email to you this morning, and it auto-completed to Alex at Read Write Web. Nice. Good times. Good times. So, we were. so but, but let, let's let's go all the way back to the beginning. All Wait, right. Okay. Alex, good. Alex Williams of the Newstack.io, proprietor. You know. Yes. Sort of like that guy. Yeah. You have a verified Twitter handle. I, I do. Don't, I don't know how that happens. So, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, of course, Chris Dancy has one. I don't know how. how <laughs> that is. Something's weird. <laughs> Anyways, so when did it all start, Alex? So you're sitting there at some point, and you're like, you know what? Journalism. Oh, way way back. Yeah. Oh, back when I was a, when I was in. Did, did you did you purposely end up being a journalist or like my career? Did, did you just wake up one day and you're like, what the hell has been happening? Well, I guess I kind of like this. I've wondered about that. I have a grandfather who was a journalist, oh. and he was also a mystery novelist. Whoa. And a theater critic and all around like PR guy too back in the days of the WPA and stuff he passed away a long time ago but he was a journalist and I, and I never thought of him you know when I was becoming a journalist but I always liked to write which is the natural thing and I funnily enough was studying in Paris in my junior year, and I had a good friend college. at college, and a good friend who uh, I went to high school with, who was also studying in Paris, and we were both big baseball fans, and he said, hey, Alex, I'm going to the French World Series. Do you want to go? I'm like, well, you know, being this college guy, I was heading off somewhere else for the weekend, you know, I think it was Normandy, sure. you know, these were the salad days, as they say, or the... What were some of the other... Well, anyway, and so uh, I said, I'd be curious about it. So he, I come back and he says, you know, hey, um, I actually met the, you know, the team and the coach, and he's this American guy, and he wants to know if we'd like to play for the team, and he wants to meet for, for pizza at the Champs-Élysées at Chicago Pizza or Old Chicago Pizza or something. Like, so wait, let, let, me, let, me, let me back up a little bit. You're, you're, you're a junior in college in Paris. Yeah. You know, what are, what are you studying there? French lit. Saying French bow. Yes, how we. Very nice. <laughs> so maybe you can explain Balzac to me something. Yeah, maybe. Because I was maybe. reading through that and I was like, how, how did anyone ever suffer through this? This was, this was written before fun. <laughs> to use one of my favorite tropes. Yes. Hey, is that Latin or French? I don't know. Anyways, uh, and then you're going to go see the French World Series of Baseball. Yes. <clears throat> As a spectator. As a spectator. And then... Subsequent to that, you are asked if you would like to participate as a yeah, player. Yeah, I never figured that out, how we got to that point. <laughs> but we, he just uh, figured you're American. Yeah, you're, I guess. You're playing you know, a stick ball. Yeah, but he was an American, too. Uh, I think maybe he thought, oh, an American's okay. They want to play baseball. They probably At least he would know the rules. Yeah. Okay, okay, so. Yeah, so, you carry know. Carry on, please. <laughs> so we ended up playing for this French team, and there was, like, there were some Americans on the team, and... We would go to this. Actually, they, they practice in a velodrome. And so, like, it was actually, you know, a velodrome has, like, is like a curved kind of, like, track. Uh-huh. And so we were, like, trying to play baseball on a curved track. It just it was, like, seemed just, seemed just right for, right. like, French baseball. So right? this prepped your mind for covering enterprise software. Totally, totally did. Totally did. And we went through this great, with this experience, we went, we traveled with the team. We had spring training in Italy. We called it the Pasta League for fun. We... You know, I played in Milan and like these little towns in Italy, and then we came back and played for a while. And I was in Strasbourg, and you know, for a game or two, and outskirts of Paris. And we just thought the experience was so unique that we got back and we said, "Let's write this down." 
And so we started writing, and we thought, well, let's just, you know see if anybody be interested in it. And we really couldn't find anyone interested in the topic. I don't think we really knew what we were doing, but it was interesting for me because I was uh, I was attending the University of Denver, and when I started the University of Denver, I tried out for the the for the University of Denver soccer team as a goalie. I played out as a, go- as a soccer goalie, and I didn't make the team. I wasn't you know wasn't good enough to play on that level and then I tried out to get my sophomore year and I didn't make the team and so I came back from Paris and I thought I'm going to cover this soccer team I'm going to cover I'm going to cover things and so I um, I started doing that and I really loved it I really loved like you know, uh, you know kind of providing my commentary and you know writing about what happened in the game and and people really liked it, and so I thought, well, maybe this is something. And and I applied to graduate school, got into Medill in Northwestern, you know, got accepted, and uh, started a fo- started focused uh, started in magazine. It was a concentration in magazine publishing. And when we got there, you'll love this. Is like when you know they first train, you know, the first classes you have, they're like teaching you the basics of like, you know, journalism, like the inverted pyramid and all that. But they had us like working on manual typewriters. Yeah. Do you remember what type of typewriter it was? No, but I never really could type anyway, and I still can't. And so I was just was like, tink, 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 tink. It was painful. And I asked the professor, who was this old guy, I'm like, so why, you know, why are we using manual typewriters? I, I was using a, I was using a, a, an Apple computer in college, you know. And, and he's like, well, you never know. When you might have to cover something and you don't have, you know, an an electrical outlet or something for that electric typewriter or something like that. It was just like, you need that manual typewriter. Resiliency. Yeah, it was definitely like a, it was definitely kind of a, now I look back at at almost like legacy thinking. It was was kind of awesome. So so you you started doing some sports reporting. Now, Now, had you gotten, like, published at this point? This was in the school newspaper. I was writing for the school newspaper. Yeah. And then in college, then, and then, then at Northwestern, you know, I ended up graduating from there. And I, I, wanted to, I wanted to be, like, kind of like a daily newspaper reporter. Yeah, with the, with the little yeah, press thing in yeah, your Yeah, yeah, totally. I'll stake my Pulitzer on it. That's right. And I had, uh, I had done an internship in Oregon at the Statesman Journal in Salem, Oregon. And then when the end of college came, I got a job as a general assignment reporter for the Augusta Chronicle in Augusta, Georgia. Oh, nice. And so you had to, like, move for that, I assume. Yeah, so I moved from Chicago down to, down to Augusta, Georgia, and um, they uh, put me in a one-man bureau out, outside of Augusta in, in, in this little town of Thompson, Georgia. Now, what, and, what was the happenings there such that they needed a bureau? Well, they wanted to, you know, they're looking to extend their coverage. And, um, you know, and I was kind of like a general assignment municipal reporter. And the idea was that I would cover the six rural counties from this, well, from this, from this bureau. And so, actually, Georgia, I think, I think only Texas has more counties than Georgia. Mm. And so I covered these six little counties. I just covered anything that happened, and there was a lot going on. So, so, so this brings up one question I wanted to ask you, and, and it also intermixes with the, the chronology of the story of yourself. Yes. Right? Uh, which is, so one of the things I always struggle with as someone who like, likes to type, as it were, right, <laughs> yeah. is, is coming up with story ideas and yeah. to type on. So yeah. I'm, I'm as, as you probably have figured out, like we've worked together over the yeah. Like I'm highly reliant on other people to give me ideas of things yeah. to write about. Now, there you are, like out covering six counties, and like so. One, you have to come up with stuff to write about, and then yeah. two, I also wonder, like, so in journalism school, how do they teach you to like to come up with stuff to write about? Yeah, like, I, how, how do you do that? Good question. Well, first of all, you should have, you know, in those days. Well, and it's still true. You know, you were given a beat. Right. You know, which, you know, and the beat really um, meant that you had to cover everything kind of related to that topic or that, or that subject or whatever it is. And, and so I had to be, you know, I had to keep on top of what was going on in municipal 
you know what was happening in the you know the county le- county legislature, the county commissions, the locals, you know the local city, you know, the local city um, councils. Um, there were there was there was what was you know I had to pay attention to uh, the police blotter for the local municipalities and the state police. Right. Um, and so, but when you kind of when you kind of look at all those things. There's lots of people you can talk to, and that's really what a reporter should be doing. They should be out talking to people as much as possible, and so you're getting those story ideas, and you're getting the so you're kind of like getting on the pulse of the news of what's happening. Right. right. I, I, I mean, I guess in that situation, the system is taking care of making sure you're fed an endless stream of ideas. Yeah. Right. Like, like I always in, in VC land, they call this like deal flow. Right. right. Like, like you need to have enough marketing and clout as a, as a venture capitalist so that people start coming to you, right? Just to put deals in front of you, right? And and then also do all of your own. And there's a, you know people who need flow get to that point, right? But like what uh like when you were starting off with new stack or like you started at Read Write Web or whatever, like what if there's no one bringing you stuff? Like what do you do? How do you? Oh like, well, let me in, you know in the municipal reporting, no one is bringing you stuff really. And so you just had to get out there and get on the pulse of the news now. What would happen, I think, is relates to what happens in our world now, is you'll have these events that will trigger kind of like a series of stories. And like, you know, and, and, and I call it like, you know, I think of it as like following the threat, right? Right. So like that to me is like always the most important thing is like, if I'm on a story, how do I keep following this thread? Because if I continue to follow the thread, I'm going to be able to really kind of cover it comprehensively, right? Yep. You know, and so that's really kind of what we... That's it's, a, it's almost like you're one blind man describing an elephant. And so you, you want to, like... Yeah. You want to, like, explore the whole elephant and yeah. describe the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, and so when I was starting the new stack, I was thinking, you know, we, we first of all, we came, you know, we... I, we developed the theme, right? The new stack, which we define as services and software and sophisticated, fast and distributed infrastructure. And so that allowed me to think of like both the cloud services and what was happening inside the enterprise, yeah. right? So now I had a context for coverage. Now, now what you know? Now as a news person, I'm thinking, well, what are the most, what are the topics that people are really interested in? What was really reflective of what's happening now? And and from the start, it was the container ecosystem world and what was happening there. And that has just continued to be a topic of real interest, you know, for, uh, over the past year. Yeah, yeah, so, so, so then getting back to the story, and to fast forward a little bit. So you're covering these, uh, these, uh, these six counties and yeah. everything in Georgia, and I'm sure, like, yeah. that must be a peach of a thing to do, huh? Huh? Uh-huh. Whoa! Anyways, and not such a peach. I have some. I have some stories to tell about so, those days. So then, eventually, so what? What's how? How did you get involved in like being a tech journalist? Ah, like how, good question. Like, like there must have been some point where you were like, ah, tech journalist. That's yes. Neat. Like yeah. how? How did that? How does that happen? Yeah, interesting. Um, well, I, I, I just got to tell you my one. Some one of my favorite stories about being a reporter in these small little counties, yeah. and we covered this. There was a toxic waste dump that the, 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 the county fathers were trying to locate there. Plus, there was a lot of real um, pretty. Um, there was a there, there was a it was a very kind of tense environment because the race relations were really bad. Right, right, right. right. And so, if you cover these stories well enough, people are going to get people are are going to get to the point where they're going to you know where you're going to like kind of things are going to start to flare up, right? And they did. They. Um, um, very much so. And one morning I got to the office. It's a regular toxic environment. Yeah. One morning I got to the office. Of, we had a little room in this insurance office. And and the classified, you know, the woman who does classified said, you know, I don't know what you did, but someone shot out our windows last night. And, like, someone had come up to the office and shot out our windows. And there was, pellet, there was a shotgun pellet in the walls. So that was kind of my... Wow, that was my life. That's tense, man. That it was. It was pretty intense. And, and, and then you're like, "See you guys later. I'm going to cover computers." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't quite so smart then. So, so oh, now you've, you 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 uh, you say picked. Is that the way you say that? Pick my interest, or is it whatever? 
Well, the, the tech, the tech news. I was peaked, I was peaked by the tech world back in '93 or so, yeah. and I had a friend in the you know where we were living in New York by that time, upstate New York, and I was working for another daily newspaper at the Times Hill Record. No, is we your wife? And my, you, yeah, yeah, my wife. Which, and let, I. let me let me interrupt you. So, how what's it like being the spouse of a journalist? Well, we were both journalists. Oh, so, okay. So it was kind of uh, so, compatible. Yeah, okay. she was an editor and actually... I imagine there's a lot of travel involved and weird hours and things like that. Yeah, right? in the daily newspaper world, not so much. But it, in the, but it's still in the any journalist's life is really quite, you know... Um, when you're writing, you're writing all the time. Or you're, you know, you're just kind of... It, it's it's, it's the, 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 the journalists I knew in, 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 like, in the daily newspaper journalism world... We're not much different than the journalists I know today, right? It's like you had similar hours, you have similar kind of like you're always kind of on deadlines, you know, that right. kind of thing. So we both kind of understood that. Um, and you really know how to use a semicolon. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, that's, I use the semicolon very sparingly, but some people love the semicolon. I'm, you, you know, we you, could have a long debate about the semicolon. You know, you know what I like, so I... I uh, yeah. I had to suffer through Victorian literature in college. Yeah. So I figured I should make best use of it. So every now and then I like to slip in a semicolon followed by a colon. Oh. That's very popular with the Victorian writers. And, and like if you understand the structure of that, it's like it's delightful when you can figure out how to get that one in there. Yeah, we've had, we've had you know, I, I'm very spare with the semicolon. Even more so, I'm not a big fan of the Oxford comma, but oh, yeah. I've come to believe that does have value. Is that, is that where we have three commas instead of two in a list? I always, yeah, I always it was. It's often a comma before an article. Yeah, that yeah, can yeah, be a you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I so. come from a programming background, so I like the, the comma. <laughs> very definitive, breaks it up. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, so you were in your New York at the time. So upstate New York, um, kind of the Hudson Valley, land of Woodstock. Yeah. And. Um, and a friend of mine was actually a, uh, a music producer. He kind of lived down the road from us. And uh, um, he, he said, do you want to get, in, get involved in this project I'm working on? At the time, I, I was not actually at the newspaper anymore because, um, you know, um, our daughter was a newborn and... She had gotten so sick, and she's fine now. She's 21, and you know, living, you know, living happily in college. But at the time, she wasn't doing so well, and so we were kind of trading jobs. We were trading uh, right, right. back That's and forth nice. to work, yeah. And so I got this opportunity to work, you know, on this project. And he was actually producing um, the surreal field at Woodstock '94. In Socrates, New York. This is a, some CD-ROM action here or something. Yeah, and um, it was, um, and uh, Apple Computer actually was part of the Serial Field, and they um, were producing a a digital newspaper for the event, and so I was there on the ground doing kind of local coverage for. Uh, you know, for you know, for the event and leading up to the event, and then at the oh, event itself. So you're like an embedded reporter. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so that was fun. And so, but then that was when I, you know, by that time I was like, I was starting to re, you know, starting to look at Wired, and there was some other kind of very kind of, virtual reality was was the kind of a thing. At, like the cyberpunk salad days. Yeah. Again. Yeah, and maybe some Mondo 2000 in mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yep. And uh, uh huh. And uh, what else happened then? So, so uh, the well was there. That was one of the early days of the well. Yeah. And I just loved it. I just thought it was the coolest stuff. And I was like, this is this is really what I want to do. And you know, and so that really that 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 got me that got me hooked. So then you work on this project. It's sort of like the. Uh, Sounds like sort of like the paid reporter to cover the happenings here yeah. for, for some yeah. conglomerate of interest, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and and then and then so how do you how do you then move into getting paid to write about computers? Yeah, it was a long road after that. I mean, I didn't, you know, it took me a while to get into it. I think I was trying to you know make a living and you know and with our daughter being sick, we were kind of trading jobs back and forth and. 
and I just needed work and this is actually kind of a funny story and you know and I really wanted to get into tech but I I really didn't know where to start and I had been doing some freelance work for AOL because AOL had just started up their news group right and like they were trying to determine what was the news that people wanted to read and so my job was to was to to was to read what people were um, to read people's feedback and and I would get you know and I'd have to reply to all their emails to do this. Like an early social media man. Yeah, and it was like, and it was like, you know, we, you know, it was like a 2800 Bob modem or something, and, you know, and, and, and so like I would download all this mail, and I was getting like 90 messages a night or something like that, you right. know? And in those days, it was like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. This is big data, man. Right. You know, and, um, um, like, how am I going to catch up on Seinfeld when I have to read all of these emails? Yeah, this was pre-Seinfeld, I think, even, you know? So it was, like, really a lot, if that makes any sense. And, and so, so... So you, like, to work for AOL as a contractor or yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then I, need, I really need work because we live pretty far outside the city. I've been, like, kind of on this mountaintop and... and, and uh, my mother said, well, I read this publication, and my mother was an interior design. I looked through it, and it was like, there was this one thing about, you know, technology and home technology, but I thought, oh, everyone wants to do that, and so I just really needed a job, and I, and I looked through the thing, and I saw, no one's going to write about home textiles. No one wants to write about this stuff. And so I called, they, called, they called me up, and they said, well, what do you want to write about? I said, home textiles. Textiles, yes, with, with an X, yeah, not tech. yeah, textiles, fabric, yeah, okay. And so I had this weird job for like a year and a half, where I was writing about towels and sheets thread and count. all this kind of uh, thread count stuff, and yeah. and so, so is it and it was cotton? weird. Is that it was a kind thing? of is yeah, Egyptian cotton a marketing, Egyptian cotton is a mar- it's a marketing thing. Okay. It is, there's a different weave to it. You know, but it's an actual real thing. It's, it's not a just, real thing. It's not just, it's toasted. No, it's okay. not. Okay. And uh, I got fired from that job. Uh, yeah, I got fired. I, um, I uh, wrote a story about Walmart forcing the manufacturers to drop their prices. And the price of the margins were already pretty slim. And it uh, didn't go over very well. Neither. You know, one thing led to another, and uh, they, uh, they they let me go. Really? Yeah. Because Walmart was upset, or there was it was a trade pub, and you know, uh, and uh, it, it, it would, it would uh, not be good to have uh, a reputation yeah, in trade yeah, publishing. Yeah, yeah. And I was always the guy who was like, you know, I was always the guy who was like, you know, looking for the story and everything else, and it was just a diff- it was a diff- it we didn't jive very well. Yeah. Yeah, you're used to yeah. getting shot. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, 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 the good life. And so, uh, but in the meantime, I was writing for Jupiter. I was, like, starting to write reports and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was writing one on local, on local media. Uh, that was, like, media, an online local content. thing or something, yeah. right? Yeah, Jupiter Media. And, and, and I was writing that report, and then we, and I, and we had already decided to move out to Oregon because... You know, um, uh, the kid's mom, who I was married to at the time, she she was from there, and I said, "Let you know that's going to be a better place to raise the kids." And so we moved out there. And you wanted to uh, get on the ground floor of the donut empire. I did. That's it. And so we moved out, and um, um, I was back in the journalism world. You know, working for uh, the business journal. You know, the business journal. It's yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, they had one in, everywhere. They had one in Portland, and I was yeah, a columnist for them. And uh, they said to me, um, "Would you be, you know, would you would you come down to the office?" And I'm like, "Sure." You know, and I'm thinking, "Oh, I'm going to get a job. Or I'm going to get fired. I don't know which." And and is, is that a typical thought you have? As yeah, a journalist? totally. Like, like, like why? It, I, why I they want me to come in? What have I done now? And um, <laughs> And uh, so I come in there, and they're like, um, you know, we're starting, you know, there's KPTV in town, local television station, Channel 12, is starting a morning show. And um, they've asked us to uh, do the business news on the morning show. And we were wondering if you'd like to audition. 
So I auditioned, and I got the job, and so I really? went on TV for so you. Did, like, did like, like, like uh, one to three minute segments on uh, the happenings around the town? Yeah, on business, it was on, on, the, on what was happening in business around town, and, and um, I was responsible for five live segments a day. And so I'd get in around 3 a.m. Five live segments yeah. a day? Of how, how, what duration? Um, anywhere, if you recall it now, um, you know, anywhere from 30 seconds to like 120, okay. even 180. Half so, a minute to two minutes. So like there were like, there were multiple stories where there was like this, you know, here now the stock market right now is up five points. And, and, and now, okay, okay, so as far as, I'm always interested in the mechanics. Now, are your bosses basically like, so uh, we'll send you a check every now and then and have an all hands meeting have fun like like are you completely independently working on this or do you like collaborate with the editors and various people on what you're going to do on these five segments or like how do you how do you like manage the flow of all of that we developed a plan and what we were really were looking for was local stories and so i would look at i look at the wire in the morning and see if there's any local stories that i could that were like popping up like something you know about you know was there a merger acquisition was there something happening in the, you know, in, you know, and just something local that was of significance. And then we would also, then I would also report on stories that were in the business journal. So uh, we would kind of, that'd be an opportunity to kind of show what we were, what we were writing right, about there. Right. Okay. And so that was primarily it. You're learning some early SEO technology. Yeah. The like early the, days. That little, the little summary at the bottom. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember saying on I remember saying on the show, www. Dot. Nice. So, so then you're doing that for a while. How long do you do, are, are you like? The, Did that for about a year, oh, and nice. um, that job that that gig ended. That the the, uh, the editor who hired me moved on, and so did the publisher. And the new publisher and editor decided they didn't want to do the TV thing anymore. And um, so I went out and got a job. Uh, at uh, Mentor Graphics, which is a electronic design automation company. Okay. And um, I was hired as a corporate writer. And I wrote speeches for the CEO and the CFO, and they were a publicly traded company and did investor relations. And I, I, on my second day there, my boss quit, so I became acting director of worldwide communications for this $500 million company. And, Really didn't know what I was doing, but you know, it lasted. You know, I, I did that for a while, and then I got in. I got into more into like a partner marketing there. I started thinking like maybe yeah. me, if I was going to really kind of like do something in this world, what would it be? But it really wasn't my thing, and and then I, uh, yeah, I moved on from there. And it was about 2003 that I started really thinking how I could use the web. To be a journalist again, and that's really when my real interest in in in, in uh, and by two thousand three. So what? Wired was still a big deal back then. Uh-huh. Like, like, like as, as far as all inclusivity of tech, it was it was still like kind of like the right the highest point of tech coverage. Right. And, be, and you had Time Pathfinder. Is that what it was? Like I remember. Time yeah. Was still uh-huh. very active back then. Yep. Okay. My Yahoo was started. What had, had was was already in was around for a few years but what really got my interest in it was um, I was starting to do these um, I was starting to do webcasts and I had been doing them for for a while and I thought well this would be an interesting way to like kind of explore a, a, a topic and so I um, did this webcast called RSS Winterfest because I had heard about RSS and I thought it was really interesting and so I really got into it and actually um Works with Ross Mayfield over at uh, Social Text. All right. Um, the keynote was Dave Weiner. Uh, Scoble was on the show. This was 2004. Wow. Um, the Gilmore Brothers were on it. You know, and um, I did it. Was this the is two- like the uh, the Arizona Homebrew Computer Club? Yeah, like um, meeting from 1976. Yeah. You have all all, the, yeah. all those characters. Yeah, and we, and I did it over two days, and it was really cool because. I said, let's just make the whole thing an RSS feed. And so I had this site. We had like developed Dave, this site. Dave Weiner's mind explodes. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so we had a wiki, and we had uh-huh. someone tending the wiki. And that, and that was Social Tech's wiki. 
and Ross actually introduced RSS into the Social Text platform for this event. And we then, it was just, it was so cool. Like, so, so it was like, really got was, me interested interest in it. Your interest was purely in like, I like this publishing medium. Yeah, right? it was really interesting. And, and I, I, I want to get these people together who are talking about it. Let's just talk about it. Yeah. Right. We had topics we discussed. And, yeah. Yeah, and like, and, and Scoble was at Microsoft. And, yeah. You know, and Dave was a, a fellow over at Harvard. And and, and so had and, Steve Gilmore reached the point where he just was incomprehensible totally? Or, or was, was how, how was he doing there? He was, you know, I love Steve. And Steve was at the, Steve was, Steve was getting there. But, Steve was like Steve was like the master of like the long pause and like yeah yeah I I, I feel like 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 people who are listening can't see that I'm smiling in a in a cynical yeah. way here but like I, I feel like with Steve Gilmore he's like like you have to have a lot of history of listening to him and then you get it right yeah like it, it's a very like weird poetic strange mind yeah thing. totally but then but then once you get over this like oh I understand it's like it's brilliant good stuff. So he's. I, I I used to listen to. He's. I think he's probably like the reason I do podcasts nowadays. Really? Because of his Gilmore Gang stuff. And nice. Then of course, like Phil Winley doing IT conversations. Right. But, but him and John Udell used to have really. Good John shows. Udell was on that. Show, was on yeah, that. Yeah, was yeah. on RSS Winterfest yeah. too with us. Yeah. And John Udell was one of the first screencasters. Yep. And I, and so I just really loved it. I just this. I have found. I have found my. I think I found my calling in the media world by that time. Right. And that was it. It was just so fascinating to me to like, you know, thinking about this asynchronous communication and RSS and, and like, you know, and like the whole kind of the way you could use readers and, you know, and OPML files and how you could syndicate information to different places. It just blew my mind and, and I just was into it by then and, um, but it was kind of, it was in Portland and it was kind of a tough time for me. I was going through divorce and, and it was hard to make a living in that, in that world, you know, at that time. And, and it, and it was a, t- it was a tough time. And so this is 2004. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, so the conference is over. Conference is over. And then you have to go back to what your real life, which doesn't well, sound like it was, I that, was that much of a peach. There was no, yeah, I wasn't doing it. And anything. so you have to be thinking like, so how do I, uh, how do I keep this buzz going? Right? Like, you know, I got to deal with this annoying paperwork and lawyers and stuff. And yeah. Stuff like, but how yeah. do I, once I'm done with that, how do I get back on like this track? Yeah. Of what we were talking about. How do we keep this thread going? Well, I, I decided to do, um, I just, I started working with Courant. Remember Courant? Carante, C-R-A-N-T-E. Tell us who that. It was a tech blog, one of the first tech blogs, and I was, and I wrote a, and I wrote the podcasting blog for Carant, uh, oh, okay. okay. and along with uh, Matt May, who was on the blog too, and uh, uh, some other, and a few other people, and it was a cool blog. Stowe Boyd wrote for it. All right. And um, he was actually kind of like helping run the whole thing. And I thought, well, let's do this event. Let, let's do an event. And I decided to do this event, Podcast Hotel. And uh, Podcast Hotel was about the uh, intersection uh, of, you know, how does digital media affect, how does digital media affect independent culture? And so the whole idea was a thing through. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, it was a lot of, like, and so I did the first one in Portland. And actually colleague of mine who works with me now, Shlomo Rabinowitz, was there, and so were people like Chris Krug. And, so what was the you know, answer that you guys, or I should say, let me rephrase that, what were the answers that you guys came up with? Um, well, it was, it was, it was a lot about trying to like help artists and people, you know, the whole goal in part was to bring artists and geeks together, right? Yeah. And like, so because... Here we were kind of entering this new age of, you know, of digital information and such. And, and like, how are artists really going to be able to use that and capture it? And so the whole idea out of it was just to, dis- to really discuss this transition, discuss what podcasting was, discuss how podcasting <laughs> would impact, um, you know, traditional media. So NPR, like, uh, um, we had some people doing podcasting for NPR, on the, on, you know, at, at the event. We did, this was like 2005 or 2005, six? and okay. we did one in we did one in Portland, one in Seattle, and I did a third in San Francisco. And by wow. the time, 
I did the third one in San Francisco, I had decided to take a you know a real job, and I was actually a social media manager for a startup in Portland. And um, what's what startup was that? That was Splashcast, and I worked there with Marshall Kirkpatrick, who had been the first full-time writer for TechCrunch. Right. And Marshall and I were good pals because we. Oh, yeah, so TechCrunch would come around by yeah, this time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And Marshall, I, get, I got to know Marshall because I had done this podcast at Televent, or the RSS Winterfest event and the, and the podcast at Televent, and I was really interested in RSS, and I was looking for people to kind of join me at this conference in Portland to do, you know, some, like, you know, just kind of, like, get-togethers and stuff. And, and Marshall came up from uh, Eugene, and he's been one of my, you know, best friends ever since and we just like oh we could talk about rss all night long you know and we did you know and and he um he was but he was working he, i forget the blog he started with it um it was calicanus's blog um at the time and who sold it then i think AOL. i think he sold to aol yeah and and uh um he then got a job at TechCrunch. he was working there full time and then he then after that he you know I said you want to join us this flashcast I just got here and we could be kind of like a digital media team and that was basically our that was basically our focus like we're going to just we're going to like fill up this blog every day we're going to do you know we're going to we're going to go places and report on things and make videos and that was that was really the idea. So, so that's something of a sidebar question here. Uh, so, given your background as a real world journalist, yeah. getting shot at and everything, and dealing with old good old boys and seersucker suits and all that, yeah, I imagine. How did you how did you think about the idea that you were basically going in and out of like vendor like press, right? Like, because normally, like I, I've talked with journal, you know, other journalists, and they like they're like, I don't ever want to work for on the private side. Like, I don't want to go through the revolving door. Right. right? And obviously, I don't care, right? Like, but, but right. I wonder how, because so far in this career, you've gone in kind of in and out. Yeah, going like, in. How do you, like, do you, do you think about that? Or, like, how do you sort that I was out? glad to be out, actually, in the end. I, I found being in was really hard. I think it's really... In, in the, the... In the, corporations. Cor- the corporate world, right, right? Yeah, I think it's... For me, it was really, really hard because... Um, it was just a different mindset you have to be in, right? And and I and I found a Splashcast. I enjoyed it, but there was always like these funny times where, like, you know, where you would like write something, and then someone internally would get kind of bugged about it, right? And it's like being called down to headquarters to see if you're going to yeah. get fired or promoted. And I think the only one, the, the person who I've seen it do really well is Scoble. Sco- right, right, right. Scoble knew Scoble Scoble is really the master at it and he knows how to like then you know almost come right back at the company and like you know and like that's what he did at Microsoft he was critical yeah. of them and so he never quite you know he always kept his independence in some respects he just but all, all at the same time covering stuff external to the company which he does at Rackspace so but I, I just that, that was a, that was a that was a that was a funny thing for me to manage and I kind of felt like there was you know what I really I think it's a lot easier today to do with startups and stuff but then I think it was just a little bit it was very new right yeah. it's a very new idea and um, I, you know I see, you see what people doing it much better today but I think the problem with too was that the companies, the people who are who are starting these companies and managing these companies, had never even, you know, you know, in some cases, you know, blogging. You know, you were introducing them to blogging for the first time. You know, for a like lot you're of working them. for the, co- the yeah for the corporations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's a so it was a continual education process, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But the awareness was 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 fantastic. I mean, like you could gain awareness like no one else could. Doing but, blogging. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But to um but it was there was always like this internal tension and um and I really and I've always just liked being a journalist and so 
I worked for two startups, and then I started writing for. I helped. I helped start a blog called Tech Tips, and then I got hired by Read Write Web, and that was when I. That was two thousand eight. So, so, so that you you had, you had this formal training as a journalist, and then you kind of scurried around on the vendor side a little bit, mm-hmm. did some conferences on your own, mm-hmm. participating in the thought leadership mm-hmm. creation. And then uh, you work for a few startups, and then you help someone start a, a blog. And then, uh, so, so, who, how, how is it that did you approach Read Write Web, or do they do they uh, approach you? Like, they were looking for an enterprise writer, <laughs> right? And, and you're uh, like, I've covered textiles before. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, I've been always one of those who look for the path of least resistance. But, but did, did, the, <laughs> did you, do you think do you think the startups that you work for on the vendor side like gave you an interesting? Perspective on doing enterprise things. They did, like and that. actually, I was starting to get interested in what was going on with AWS. Right. And um, uh, at Tech Tips, I started covering like, you know, enterprise-related topics, and and so one of the things that always struck me about um, enterprise was RSS was going to have to reach that it was going to have to reach the corporate world in some way. And there, was a, there was a lot yes. of discussion about that, you know, when I was. You know, in those years that I was really focused on, and then by this point, two thousand eight or so, two thousand nine. By two thousand nine, Newsgator had bit the dust. Yeah, but that, there, that yeah, was, that was like we had seen the advent of Twitter, yeah. and we had seen you know the rise of social technologies, and were these really going to be reaching into the enterprise? And so that seemed to me just a perfect time to actually start covering this world, and that's where my real education started on on where I am today. Really. Now, that's interesting. I mean, it's interesting hearing you say this. I, I keep, it doesn't seem like it, but I keep biting my tongue because, like, I have a similar, or I had a similar um, boundless fascination with RSS as mm. a publishing channel. Yeah. Right? And then all of a sudden it just disappeared. <laughs> right? Like, 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 RSS is still there, but the potential of it to, like, it's not as easy as it used to be, right? Like, nowadays, I mean, what, what, what ended up happening is there's there's just basically Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and there's still blogs and things like that but it, it didn't really turn out to be this open communication channel that everyone could just use right like I, I don't know it's very I don't even know how to explain it but it's not quite as reliable as it used to be yeah I thought a lot about this and I think that you know I was I was always ours has fascinated me from the start and when I first got a newsreader I was like whoa this blew this it blew me away yeah. you know and and the people who were I think it was the people you know involved in that part of that community who I just loved hanging out with right yeah. and I look back at it now and I think to me the turning year was 2007 I think that was like a magical time and I 2006 2007 because by that time I think RSS had influence it had, really had a deep influence but the the but the big enterprise companies had decided that web services were the thing, right? You know, and it was very, you know, very, very custom driven, you know, you know, XML heavy, very, right. you know, very difficult heavyweight stuff, right? And, you know, the, you know, and the, and the, and the SOAP APIs were just, were, were, were the standard. But by 2006 or 2007, we started to really see the web really start to come have a much deeper influence through REST-based APIs. Right, no, that, that's, that's you know. true. And, 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 and then RS, the, RSS is, a, is, is in that school of thought. Yeah, right? totally. Like it, do, it doesn't by, by far do all of that. No, right? but, 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 but it's in that idea of simple XML or JSON or whatever based, yeah. more or less readable things yeah. that you're just sending around to each other. Yeah, and, and suddenly you have more connector points than ever before. Yeah. You have far more connections better than ever before. And now, so Twitter started to start to emerge. And for me, now covering the new stack as I do, I look back at that era and I think of how significant it was now. Because if you look at companies like, now we're like talking about scale, right? You know, we're talking about application management at scale, distributed architectures. Really, you know, I'm writing a story right now about Galene, which is LinkedIn's search technology and and looking at it through like the perspective of open source communities right and, and like open source because LinkedIn back in 2002 was originally built on an Oracle database and 
by 2007, they were realizing this just doesn't quite fly. And so they started developing their own thing, started open sourcing it. And that is such a, and now today, that's a really big thing. And really that, for starting at that point, really we see the kind of the history of like where LinkedIn is today with its search architecture. Right, right. And there were, I think there's lots of corollaries of what happened in 2006 and 2007 that you can see today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, look at, you know, Twitter, you know, is a great example. I think Facebook is an example. I think all these web scale companies today, I think you can really yeah, kind of look there, back there, to that time there, as really the There's a good, uh, you kind of have to force the breadcrumbs. There's a good amount of breadcrumbs between RSS and like cloud native application mm-hmm. stuff in the sense of what RSS wanted to do was, uh, and it still wants to do this, it's just a matter of anyone caring, <laughs> right? But it, it wants to create the free flow of information. Yeah. For for, I, I think it turns out like there's this video I remember Scoble did a long time ago where he showed how he uses Google Reader, and he was really excited about it because of how fast he could consume a huge volume of news, right? Yeah. And and I think that is the ultimate use case or job to be done or end user for RSS and maybe why it didn't catch on like broadly with people is because people like you and me and him and all these people that we year at Winterfest. I mean, I don't know, I'll speak on their behalf. What they want to do is basically read the entire internet every day. Yeah. Right? Like, that they care about. They want to just, like, read it, know that they're done, and consume it. Yeah. Right? And they will make the time and train their head to do that. And they'll go into Google Reader and learn how to, like, like, they'll be like me. And they're like, the reason <coughs> I use this reader is because as I scroll, it marks them as red. Right. right? And I scroll really fast. Right. And, and anyways, and I guess it turns out that nor- uh, the, the mainstream people don't care about that. <laughs> but, yeah. but... The breadcrumbs are that if you want to support that high throughput of information that's open, you end up getting all... It's similar to all these architectures that you want to have with, like, LinkedIn and stuff. Like, you get all this information that's being shot right. everywhere. And it's the opposite of a closed... Like, here's five stories. Done. Right. That's not... You don't need to scale. But that's an interesting... Uh, I get sad when I think about RSS. I know. I mean, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm like a Feedly Lifetime member. Got all my feeds. You, what do you What do you do? Do you read RSS nowadays? You know, I don't really use it that much. Oh, Alex, anymore. come you on! Um, you got to sign up for a Feedly. Account. I have a Feedly account, and I follow I follow different topics related to Feedly. But I'm catching so much news on Twitter. Well, now. well, this is a good way to segue before we run out of time to actually talk about the news stack. We'll just we'll just yeah. we'll just take the scrubber <laughs> as it were, and like go all the way through Read Write Web, TechCrunch, yeah. Silicon Angle, like yeah. all, all these things like. Yeah, did a good job. Got embedded in the tech world, yeah, so forth and so on. But so now, then you're at the new stack. You start this up, and we'll, we'll get to that story. But, but connecting it, so do you actually monitor how many people subscribe to RSS for the new stack? Do you pay attention to that? We do look at the feeds. Yeah, you, so it is, is growing, and I can't. I don't good? know. Then yeah, it's starting to grow. But it's you something know, this that you community does. This community, yes, it is. Okay. Yes, it is. So good. You you have you've created a whole company. Just so you can keep the dream of RSS yes. alive. Right on, man. <laughs> power to the power to the feed. I mean, I subscribe to the, the new stack feed. Nice. Right? That's how I Thank read it. Thank you. Right. So we have a lot of um, we have a, actually, you know, I think RSS is alive and well still in the podcasting world. Oh yeah, this is that. That's true. Um, though it's a lot. Of, that's though Dave Weiner um, is raising a lot of is raising uh, concern about SoundCloud oh, and. Yes their mechanisms for locking people in and creating almost like a silo uh, where yeah, podcasts so some, is essentially someone suggested using them recently and, and, and I, I basically have just always written them off because I can never find where the direct link to the mp3 feed mp3 file is you know and you really can't download anything from SoundCloud right, right, which, like you can't even download your stats from SoundCloud right so I, I think it's like a, a yeah so I need to go figure out if that's a vampire I want to invite to my house there's another some others we should talk about other platforms We've been looking at some other ones. So, so then you were you were at TechCrunch right before yeah. the new stack, right? So mm-hmm. you were you were like you were the your beat. Mm-hmm. You were the enterprise guy. Yep. And uh, so that's going well. I remember reading yep. there. You know, TechCrunch. I assume that it's uh, that's basically big brand recognition. You get whatever you want as right. far as like credibility there. So then, uh, so walk me through how you decided. Like, well, I like this .io stuff. Yeah. I'm gonna come up with something and just go start that out. Like. Like, like, let me start off with one question. So, do you have to like have a pile of cash to do that, or, no. are, you, or are you just like, eh, screw it? 
I was looking for something. something. I was looking for something different. I was thinking like, you know, what what direction do I want to take? And I thought about, well, you know, should I go and do something like Scoble's doing and start a blog for for a company and like, you know, going to be out there and covering things and stuff? Or should I be like helping people, you know, uh, learn, you know, should I help people like develop their own blogs and develop editorial calendars? Kind of like take a consultant kind of um, road, and um, I'd always wanted to start my own thing, but I just was—I never quite knew when the best time was to do it. And so I was actually uh, talking to different people, and and um, I was talking actually to Heather Fitzsimmons of Mindshare PR, who I just had gotten to know, who I like, and was like, you know, she always brought good people together. And she said, have you just started, thought about starting your own blog? And I said, you know, I, I have. And she said, um, you know, I said, she said, you know, have you, is that something you really would like to do? I think I said, yeah, I'd love to. I said, do you, have, do you know anyone who'd be willing to sponsor it? And uh, I was able to sign up a few sponsors actually really quickly. Yeah. No, and I, that, I, helped, that I, helped fund it. I remember when we were talking about it as you were starting up, like... Uh, well, I, I think we we're kind of both shocked at yeah. how, 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 yeah. how easy it was to get sponsors. I couldn't believe it. It was, I mean, and, and, and it's very encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right? And I think it was, I, 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 I had realized that the, that the, I think still, I think the model is broken for how enterprise is covered by TechCrunch and, and Business Insider or whoever it is. I think it's very news oriented, and I think it's, you know, it's a category. It's it's a, it's an artificial category, and and I I, I think you know, because it can cover so much. Like a TechCrunch, oh, inter- enterprise, is yeah. Because an enter because it because a TechCrunch, when I covered enterprise, I would cover like you know, what a startup was doing that was like building a collaboration technology, or like the Facebook writer would like. You know, need help with the Facebook engineering story, and ask yeah. me to do it. Yeah, it, so, it's almost an amalgamation of infrastructure software and enterprise applications. Yeah, and so like I was covering Amazon Web Services. Hard to cover all of that. Yeah, I was covering <laughs> Amazon Web Services, but really, who was using Amazon Web Services? You know, all the companies that the other writers were, were writing, you know, were writing about, right? Yeah. And so my thought was, it's kind of like the wrong angle to take for us. The, really, the angle should be about you know what is it that people are really trying to do? What they're trying to do is leverage, you know, different kinds of infrastructure, so they can get all this compute, so they can get this cheap storage, so they can do these things, you know, on top of these big, on these infrastructures that they could never do for, you know, before, like the predictive analytics, like the machine learning, you name it. And so that really became kind of like the essence for what I thought the new stack should be. And I thought, well, it's not just cloud either. It's, you know, a lot of different things. And so that's why we decided to find the new stack as services and software on sophisticated, fast, and yeah. distributed infrastructure. And, and you, you were alluding to another um, uh, structural thing, right? So to have, like, the penultimate discussion here before we get to the last yeah. one. And, and uh, it's sort of that you didn't feel that enterprise, as made up as a category of that was, was being covered appropriately. Right. right? And, and it strikes me that... I wouldn't necessarily call you guys long form, but you're longer form. We're longer right? like, form. Like there, there, there's an interesting, it's almost like, like, like one of the writers that I really respect is uh, Timothy Prickett Morgan. Yes. Right? And, and he is much, right. he is long yeah, form. Yeah, he is long form. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you guys, but what, what he does, regardless of the length that I like, is he covers the facts to an almost nauseating detail. Yes. And he gets really close to doing sort of like opinionated analysis. Yes. Right? Like I, I know an, an analysis means something different in the journalist right. world. Right. Yeah. Like it's still kind of unbiased yeah. or whatever, but but like he kind of interprets it and tells you like yeah. why it's important and interesting. And that's that seems to be I don't know, tell me what you think of this or if it's wrong, but I think in the enterprise space made up as it is, that's kind of the approach you have to take. It is because you're not really covering it's not really always like a momentum story. In the consumer space, it's like we all understand what they're doing and why you would do it, and so we're kind of reporting on like the momentum of it, horse race stuff, and interesting stories. They're like, 
I don't need to explain to you why Facebook is interesting, right? right? Whereas, like, I kind of have to explain to you why an enterprise or an infrastructure thing is interesting. And if you miss that in the story, then it's just like, it's like my reaction when I hear economic news, right? Like, it sounds like you did five times a day almost, where, like, yeah. you just rattle off this, like, global economic stuff. Yeah. And, like, I have no idea what you just said. Yeah. Like, I have no context. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, it, like, that's, that's what, uh, like, you had the story of Docker being funded recently that uh, Susan Hall wrote that, right? Right. And, like, it's a, it's a good typical new stack story where it's like long and it also kind of it covers the facts they got yeah. some money right and then it also sort of alludes to like so why do you care yeah like what might they do with this it's yeah like, what, what's going to happen next yeah and uh, I don't know that seems to be what you kind of want with enterprise coverage enterprise coverage is reading through the tea leaves right it's like providing the context and seeing what's really what are the what are kind of the correlating trends at are related to this news that you're writing about or this topic that you're writing about. Right, right. And, and, and it kind that, of even gets to the name because enterprises are fundamentally stacks of technology. Yes. And and the, the audience that you're talking to, enterprises, and also people yeah. like me, right? Like, I don't know how journalists, people categorize whatever it is you and insiders. Right. Like, but enterprises, they always have to glue together and customize their own things, so they're interested in on the whole stack of things. So it's good to explain to them how it fits together and how these components work. Whereas, you know, in the consumer space, you don't, like, take apart the thing and customize it. It's just like, I want, a, I want an Android phone or an iOS phone. What, what do you want? There's no, I don't care that. So, exactly. So, so, then, so then the last question. So business model-wise. Yeah. Now that you are like owner, publisher, editor, writer, yeah. right? Like, so how how do you run the business side of stuff? Like, we alluded to it. Like, like, do you basically like call up agency people and like, how do you how do you get the money? Ah, good and question. What, what do you what do you trade for the money? Like, how does it? How do you set things up so that you have so, money? So the we're, we're the business model is based on sponsorships, right? And we. We'll never be an advertising network because to be an advertising network, I'd have to have the 50 million page views and be an advertised Clorox or whatever, right? right. Then you're so, doing CPM. Yeah, and, and like so that. that doesn't really work. And and I would need, I would have needed. You asked me about the startup costs. If I had built that kind of model, I'd have it would have. I would I'd be working at Dairy Queen and trying to raise X million dollars to do right. it, right? Um, and you're already blacklisted by the textile industry, <laughs> so they're out. That's not working. <laughs> <laughs> That's over. I'll recommend a sheet, but I can't do it for a textile pup. I, I, I won't get you started on duvets. No, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Button for zip. I'm not going to go there. Um, but uh, for the for the, for our purposes, here's my belief, and it's like I I the there's so few outlets that these most companies have. Right, they can't go to TechCrunch. They really can't go to VentureBeat. They don't have GigaOM anymore, right? You know, they don't have access to these places, and so what are they going to do? You know, it's like they have to they have to build out their own block, right? And a lot of them don't do it very well. But they, in in a traditional advertising, I I think is kind of like, you know, it's. It's a different animal, and it's and in our world, it's really the explanation that's most important. And yeah. so we do, so what we try to do for our sponsors is say, we want to give you, you know, kind of a, a, you know, almost like an a la carte menu of things that you can participate in, right? If you're going to write a, if you're going to write a sponsor, if you're going to write a blog post for us, we want it to, it has to be really, really good, and it has to be either very hands on or take this kind of like a perspective that a Cote can do, right? And I'm being serious, right? So it's like, you gotta be able to really, if you're gonna make it kind of like, if you're gonna take a particular angle on a story and not make it hands-on, it has to really, really be good, it has to really work. If you, but we, but what we also recommend is like very hands-on technical posts because then you're like, you're going beyond just like, you know, that this is a company writing this, you're actually helping the you know the individual right. do something. Well, well, well let, let me summarize a few assumptions here and tell me if I'm wrong <laughs> at this point. So, one, you have two constituencies. One of them are the readers, right? right? And 
and the other one are the customers. Right. Right. And the customers, I think this is true. Thus far, are vendors. Yes. Right. And and basically, what you do is you have created, uh, to use Gilmore terms, I think, a, a channel of attention. Yes. Maybe not gestures. Yes. But you've got like this this channel of, of yes. attention which leads to intentions, and one day yes. maybe gestures. Yes. Right? And so what you're doing is. As, as you were saying, the very and, and I can I can I can affirm this now that I work in marketing on the the, the vendor side is there is a dearth of, of opportunities to talk to my community, my customers. Right. Like it's really hard to talk to people who right. should who, who I want to be interested in, in right. pivotal, right? Um, and so anytime that someone has that forum, yes. I'm very interested. Yes, in it, right. And then more importantly, like. Uh, I don't want that forum to be trash. Right. Not, not, I, I, won't, I won't bad enough anyone, but there are certain outlets. Right. That like I don't I don't want to talk to. I don't know what audience they have, but whatever audience that is, I am not interested in. Right. And I don't want to be associated with them. Right. So I, I want a very credible, like clean, respected forum, like like you guys, or like this is something the Economist does, right? Right. The Economist puts on events, and they also provide themselves as a channel right. for people to reach them. And and like man. We, in the enterprise space where your task as a marketer every year is basically just explaining what the hell it is you do, <laughs> right? Like, any chance you get to, to show up and explain what you do, and to use a phrase we were talking about earlier, to help make a market, yes. right? Is That's pretty much what you do in the enterprise space. Because, yes. and, and again, I'm just trying to over-contextualize. As an enterprise marketer, an inter- a technology, whatever, the role that I do, pretty much my end game is like once I make a market then I can move on to making the next market because yes. once you establish a market this is why like like established vendors like Oracle and Microsoft print money is that everyone understands exactly what yeah. they do right like this is, right. and because that market has long been made and people may bitch and moan about licensing and prices and all this stuff but at the end of the day you know exactly what you're buying from exactly them what you need yeah. them. So, yep. anyways it's, it's, it's explaining what's going on in this market that's valuable seems like that's what you guys have set up that yeah that that says it well thank you <laughs> um actually you know one of the ways i think about it too going back to steve gilmore and attention and i was explaining this to uh judy who my wife who's now working on the new stack and brilliant copy editor and does all things finance she appreciates a dune reference yeah and 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 she's like i was trying to explain something to her about attention and I said, if you think about <clears throat> attention, it's actually far more, it's far more important than, you got to think of that first. And it's actually far more important to think of that first before anything else. Because if you have this, and I'm, you know, I'm showing like, if you have like, you know, a small amount of attention, you'll get a smaller amount of revenue, right? Yeah. You know, if you have this much, if you know you have a lot of attention, you're going to have a correlating amount of revenue. It's just Alex that. Is, Alex is drawing a funnel, basically, yeah, in, yeah, in the air. Yeah. yeah, and so that's the most, and like, but it can't just be attention for the sake of attention. It has to be really good. And like our, our goal and is always to serve the community first. It's like the people who come to the new stack are the heart and soul of who we are, right? And they're yeah, the ones yeah. who... They, no, they, and, 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 you and know. Not, not to be all like self congratulatory but I've sent you stuff that you're like, I'm not publishing that shit. You're polite, <laughs> you don't say it that way. But. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and, 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 and so so on that note, so how do you how do you, how do you make sure that you keep your credibility? Like like That's like, a very good question. And, and and not just not just how you, Alex, does do but it, the, but as the owner and publisher yeah. and everything, like how do you establish the priorities and the culture at the new stack it's to make fit, sure that happens? It's really it's it's a question we ask our you know, I, you know we ask ourselves all the time. You know, we're now looking at developing an ebook series and we're asking that question about ourselves. We're talking about developing different forms mm-hmm. of like the way we package our, our stories and I think you just got to think of that community first and what is the best experience for them. Now, if you can do that well, you you need when you have a sponsor model, you're going to need a few things. First of all, you're going to need to do a lot more data research because then the data research allows you to actually present information in a different light, a different context that might not be so 
might be not be so flattering for a company in a particular sector, but here's what the data says. Right. Right. You know, this is where, but let's explain that information, right? That's one thing. So we're in the process of developing, doing our own data research, but mostly trying to help explain issues and to, you know, point things out and look at trends and look at, and, you know, so we can then provide kind of like a, a, a level of journalism that we that we want to that we want to we want to uphold, right? So that's one thing. The second thing is is we need to continually build our 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 what we actually produce, and so we do blogs now, right? We need to do, we do podcasting now, right? Going hand in hand to that, the news stack has had to really focus over the past year, and now we're really focused on application development and management at scale, right? But we know that this is a holistic world, and so network virtualization, all those things, actually do apply to that, those topics. We need to think through those topics and then thinking through how we package in different kinds of manners. So it might cross, you know, might be blog posts, it might be podcasts, it might be video series, it might be how-to kinds of things. You know, it might, you know, it might be any number of different kinds of topics, uh, and, and, but different media to, to you know, that we can apply so we can continually do more and more sophisticated things and give our sponsors more and more selection. But in the meantime, again, we're providing this much value to our community right. uh, way up here. So there, so, but with the kind of implicit understanding that this is sponsored. And then, and then how, how do you measure if your community is finding you valuable? Well, we just started building. A, we we just we, we we have our first questionnaire on the site now. Yeah, it like pops up there. Have yeah. thirty seconds. Yeah. Win an iPod. <laughs> We're not there yet. Um, that would be a great giveaway. Win yeah. an iPod. People would be like, "What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Get an See, eighty gig oh, iPod." You have a little sound there, like a little thing going. I have an old 80 gig iPod. Yeah, we iPod. have one too. We should, uh, you know, raffle that off. Win Cote's 80 gig iPod. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I got some good music on there from from a while ago. Yeah, no, that, that, that's uh, that's good stuff. Well, great. Well, this has been uh, this has been a great a great little discussion here. I appreciate it. So, you're at you're at thenewstack.io. Thenewstack.io. Yeah. Yeah. We should uh, you know we should record another one where I where I ask you in more detail how you run like a business. Like I would the love concerns that. Concerns you have, like there's all I have all sorts of questions. I think there's a lot of stories. I mean, a lot of kind of covered, you know, podcasts on like, you know, how does this new media world fit into this yeah. landscape now? And and you do have yeah. RSS feeds people can subscribe. to. Yes, we do. Perfect. All right. Well, this has been uh, this has been Lords of Computing, the podcast episode number two. We're at lordsofcomputing.com, and uh, you know, if, if anyone's listened this far. I congratulate you, <laughs> and and also uh, you know I, I to be a little little commercial here. I do work at Pivotal, and we're part of the Cloud Foundry Summit. I mean the Cloud Foundry, and we have this Cloud Foundry Summit next month in May. You're going to be at that, right? Yes. May 11th and 12th, and if you want to come to there, I have this discount code. You can register at cfsummit.org. Use the discount code C O T E. That's my name, Cote. You get 25 percent off, and then it's like it goes from 250 to like 187 dollars and 50 cents. I tell you what, if you need that fifty cents, show up. I'll give you fifty cents. One hundred eighty-seven dollars. So, if I just may want to add the last thing here is yeah. that thank you very much uh-huh. for having me on the show. You know, I've always been a big fan of the of the Cote Media World and what you do online and your blog posts and everything. So that's nice of you. To it's say. great. To, it's great to be interviewed by you. I, I got to give me some of that uh, some of that Shlomo consulting. <laughs> yeah. how to optimize my coaching yes. industry. Yes. I'm all over them. I'm very confused. I don't know how to organize <laughs> my shit. And um, I want to thank Pivotal. They just a sponsor of the new stack. I oh, think I'll well, just say nice. that too. So. That's right. Yes. Our, our little achievers. I love them all. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll see everyone next time. <laughs>